calling all financial advisors. Get ready to boost your practice, portfolios, and network at the Exchange Conference, happening in sunny Miami from February 11th to the 14th, 2024. At Exchange, you'll gain valuable insights to grow your practice and sharpen your investment acumen with the top investment experts. But that's not all. By attending, you can earn over 10 CE credits and join a network that goes beyond business. Join a community that's dedicated to your success. Learn more and register now at exchangeetf.com. One fun, on point for today, the expert to talk about it. This is the ETF of the week. Welcome to the ETF of the week, where we get the latest take from Tom Light, Vice Chairman at Vetify, where they have a full suite of tools that's going to help you become a smarter, savvier, better investor in exchange-traded funds. Want to get more information? Want to check it out for yourself? Go to vetify.com. Tom Lydon, Happy New Year. Great to chat with you again. Happy New Year, Chuck. Your ETF of the week is... The Wisdom Tree Japan Hedged Equity Fund, ticker symbol DXJ. DXJ, the Wisdom Tree Japan Hedged Equity Fund. Now, Tom, this is a fund that that every time over the total time we've done ETF of the week, if I am not mistaken, this may be the fund that has been ETF of the week the most, because quite honestly, Every time you have wanted to turn to the Far East, every time you wanted to say, hey, you're not invested fully enough in emerging markets or you're not making a play in Japan, this has been one that has been appealing to you, at least I think, if I recall correctly. So why this fund again now? So Chuck, a little bit of history here. You and I both remember what it was like back in the 1980s when Japan just exploded. Their equity markets exploded. Remember, Japanese were buying up golf courses all over the U.S. And then things died off pretty quickly. And it never really came back to what it was back then. However, recently, we've seen some really nice moves in Japanese stocks. They've got technology. They've got autos. And the great thing here, and when you look at the underlying holdings in the CTF, is the stocks still aren't expensive. This P.E. ratio of this ETF is still single digits, which is crazy. So the point is, we've had a bit of a run here. It's been a great year for this ETF in a few ways. Not only the stocks in Japan are doing well, and you're still paying a price that's very reasonable, but the hedged equity portion of this ETF is really important. The Japanese yen has not done as well as the U.S. dollar. What this ETF does is it hedges against the uptick in the U.S. dollar because that can have a negative effect on the currency exchange when you're buying something overseas. So we've talked about this. There are a lot of different hedged equity portfolios that are out there, but we've had a pretty good dispersions between the U.S. dollar and the Japanese yen at a time when equities in Japan have done very, very well. So if you were just to hold these unhedged, you wouldn't have done as well as you would having a hedge portfolio. So this is something to consider because look, currencies can be an asset class. They can make or break the performance in your portfolio. And as we're continuing to see more dollar strength, 
as we go into this new year. We have an election year that will also be very, very important. And with Japanese stock prices still being inexpensive and the question whether we're going to continue to see weakness in the yen, this is an opportunity for us to bring forth. Interesting thing to me on this fund, which is there are a lot of people who, even though they'll hear you say the messaging, you know, get fully invested internationally, make sure you're covering things. Emerging markets right now are a tough sell. I mean, the BRIC nations, we've had to take Russia out of there because Russia is not investable right now. But China, for a lot of people, is also not investable. Now, Japan is never really considered an emerging market. It's a developed market. But for folks who are looking internationally, but who maybe can't take the opportunity in emerging markets right now because they're struggling getting their head wrapped around China, is this a place where, you know, you're going to get that extra diversification not necessarily subbing for emerging markets, but at least if you can't go all the way to emerging markets, do this? Well, you're bringing up some great points. We do have a home country bias here in the States. It's crazy, not only with 55% of global market capitalization being outside the U.S., how much investors within the U.S. have invested in U.S. stocks. And not only that, how much they invested in the S&P 500. And that's worked pretty well in the last 10 years. But the pendulum may be swinging, Chuck. I mean, look at small caps. We've had a really good run in the last three months in small caps. And they're still cheap compared to large caps. Here's another area where there's been a run in the market very positively. However, from a valuation standpoint, things are still less expensive. And if you're a trend follower, boy, that's what you want to do. You want to be able to buy something that's above its trend line and at the same time, you're not paying through the nose for expensive stocks. And it is above its 200-day moving average, which is important if you're going to be a trend follower. But again, most of the time you tell me it can be a trend following play. It can be a long-term allocation play, correct? It can. And, uh, you know, again, if you're not in a situation where you can pay attention to your portfolio on a regular basis, if you're not implementing technical analysis within your portfolio and doing trend following, just need to diversify. And when we talk about diversification, especially in developed countries, and now there's an opportunity where there's a new trend in place and you're not paying expensive prices for stocks, this is something to consider. It's a great example of what's available out there today. While a lot of people are looking at their portfolios for 2024 and saying, hmm, S&P was doing okay earlier in the year. Now we're seeing other areas of the world start to pick up. Where do I start moving some of that money that I've got on the sidelines? As we know, a lot of people have some dry powder that they're looking to put to work. You know, you dropped a word today in here when you were answering the question about there's a lot of choices and everything else. But in the old days, because you and I are not only old enough to remember when Japan was dominating the financial world before it went on this long doldrums, but in those days, before ETFs were really a popular thing, you did have single country funds. And invariably with single country funds, you had people like, say, me, who were writing stories that were going, you know, if you want to make a mistake, go too heavy into a single country fund. You can still find commentaries that say that as a danger spot. So it's really important. How much of an asset allocation are you letting something like this be? And does the fact that it's hedged equity change that? Like, because you got that hedge in place, which should maybe make things play a little bit differently. Are you willing to take a little more risk? 
in terms of what this amounts to in a portfolio. Another good point, Chuck. Look, single country funds can be risky because they're too concentrated. Not only are there not enough publicly traded companies in some of these country funds, but there's some dominant stocks from a capitalization standpoint. There are some single country funds out there where the top 10 stocks within that index might be 80% of the portfolio. That's where things get a little risky because you're making some big bets on a few companies. That doesn't really apply here. If you look at the weighting, it's pretty well diversified among some established companies. So that's another thing to take into account. So how much are you putting in? Look, if you don't have a big allocation in international, here's an area to buy a good part of the world inexpensively that's above its trend line. And look, Japan's not going away. Japan's economy will always have some opportunities and always have some challenges. But look, it's an opportunity to buy Japan that is a great country that puts out some great product through some excellent companies. And it's not going to be highly correlated to what you've got in the U.S. It's the DXJ, the Wisdom Tree, Japan Hedged Equity ETF, the ETF of the week from Tom Lydon. Tom, Happy New Year again. Great stuff. Looking forward to all we're going to do this year. Thanks, Chuck. The ETF of the Week is a joint production between Vetify and Money Life with Chuck Jaffe. And yeah, I am Chuck Jaffe. And you can learn all about my hour-long weekday podcast by going to moneylifeshow.com or by searching wherever you find great podcasts like, you know, this one. By the way, you can get a lot more information on everything you need to be a great investor in exchange-traded funds by going to vetify.com. They have a full suite of tools for you there. And, by, and, and they are on Twitter or X at Veta underscore five. Tom Lydon, their vice chairman, my guest, he's on Twitter too, at Tom Lydon. We'll see you next week. Until then, happy investing, everybody. Happy investing, everybody.